Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I created Data Mesh Radio to be a resource for Data Mesh practitioners the world over. This is a weekly summary episode where I share a bit about the upcoming week's episodes and give you an extended summary for any interviews or panels that will be released during that week. It's designed to help you decide what episodes you might want to spend the full time to listen to, as interview episodes and panels are typically more than one hour long. In general, if you were running up against any challenges with Data Mesh, I'm here to help. I started a company around doing just that, Data Mesh Understanding. So get in touch if I can be of help. Check out our free community programs and things like that as well. Weekly episode summaries and programming notes for the week of November 12th, 2023. So call to action is just go read a good book you haven't in a long while. I reread uh, a series called the Murder Hobo series recently, and, and it was quite enjoyable to reread. I might go reread Dune as well. You know, excited to see kind of where the series of the Murder Hobo goes from uh, the first three books. So, you know, I'm just encouraging people to go out there and do that. So what's on tap for this week? On Monday, we have Episode 268, Adapting to and Adopting Product Thinking, Transforming Your Org for Sustainable Data Mesh, an interview with Iulia Varvara. So another episode discussing a lot about how do you do actual org transformation, not just data transformation. How do you do that well when it comes to data mesh? We need to apply a concerted effort and really consider what product thinking means and how it can impact our organization to do data mesh well. How does product thinking really manifest when it comes to data. It will take time and you, you, you must show, not only tell, lead via actions and positive outcomes. And what she said, quote, stop funding the work, start funding the team. That's a very important aspect of product. And then on Friday, we have episode 269, leading a data mesh implementation. This is a panel and it's round two of this panel. This was led by Vanessa Erickson, with Duncan Cooper, Stefan Zima, and Sid Shaw. So another great panel with those leading a data mesh implementation. There are a lot of great takeaways, but I think more than anything, it's about inspiration to move forward, get out of your own way, and start delivering some great value via a data mesh implementation. Like, how do you actually go and start to find the pockets? How do you find that incremental value instead of trying to get everything perfect, but also, you know, get going. So with that, we're going to move on to the extended summaries for Aulia's episode and the panel. And it's just a quick reminder that panel summaries can be quite long. I think this one's a little over 12 minutes uh, with 20 uh, key takeaways. So enjoy. Extended summary for episode 268, 
Adapting to and Adopting Product Thinking, Transforming Your Orb for Sustainable Data Mesh, an interview with Yulia Barvara. So in this episode, I interviewed Yulia, who's an advisory consultant in digital and organizational transformation at ThoughtWorks. To be clear, though, she was only representing her own views on the episode. Yulia started with a few basics about general transformation and, and digital transformation, whether that includes data or not. To really be able to embrace digital and data, a digital and data-driven future, organizations need to embrace product thinking across the entire organization. They need to align their strategy and operating model to be adaptable and flexible. If the organization has already embraced product thinking, few have really pushed that to data in her experience. But if the organization is new to product thinking entirely, then starting from the data side could create a strong catalyst because data is probably one of the hardest concepts to apply product thinking to. So after taking on data, product thinking is far easier to grasp in other areas of the business. There's always checks and balances there, right, as to if you want to start with the hardest first. In general, Aulia believes that mindset changes don't come from mandates. Instead, by operating or by implementing new ways of working, people's mindsets will start to shift once they see the impacts and benefits of those new ways of working. They see the benefit and change their mindsets, but that will, of course, take time and concerted effort. The mindset change by decree is faster, but typically, typically doesn't stick or even really happen. That whole thing of show, don't tell. As other guests have noted, Ayula pointed out to maximize the chance of a data mesh implementation succeeding, you have to take into account the existing ways of working, the organizational and team operating models. Yes, certain aspects will need to change, but trying to completely change an organization's operating model is going to be too disruptive when you're trying to do that around data mesh or anything else. Instead, align a transformation paradigm to how the organization already works so people can evolve and adapt. Don't throw them in the you know, in, in the deep end, right? In the change deep end. And don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Of course, this also means there isn't some blueprint for data mesh that will work for all organizations. In Yulia's view, the first two pillars of data mesh, domain-based data ownership and data as a product, are the two that have the biggest impact on the organizational operating model for most organizations, at least what she's seen. She said, quote, when you start thinking about your data in terms of products and put your user in the center of your attention, you try to organize all your efforts around the user needs, right? You create this connection between the data and the value. Now, that is a big change to how most organizations work around data, and it will take effort to make it happen. In general, Aulia recommends that for any large operating model change, you really need to clearly communicate multiple things. What are the changes? Why are you making them? What is the actual target outcome or goal? What are the measures of success, etc.? That way, people can measure how well things are moving forward and more easily prioritize. She said, quote, because there would be so many things to be done at the beginning, that team really needs to have a clear understanding what to start with right? Transformation will mean tens of changes. Understanding where to start and why are really crucial. So focus on that communication. Specifically to product thinking, 
User value is your North Star for Aulia. It will inform your strategy, vision, and business goals. Those business goals will be split into hypotheses of value for how you can reach those goals. This is where you start to allocate teams to the actionable items from the hypotheses of value. But it all comes down to focusing on user value. Steer your work through feedback loops to focus on that user value, and you have a great shot at implementing product thinking and focus, you know, and doing it actually well. Aulia pointed to something many miss when it comes to treating your data as a product. If you don't have a long-lived data product team, it can cause many issues that significantly undercut the value of building data products. One is that you often lack the subject matter expertise in the data product team, so the information encapsulated is not nearly as deep or as relevant to the topic area for the data product. Another is that if the team isn't long-lived, well, they really have the time and psychological safety to run experiments and innovate. We've talked about this in past episodes and how difficult it is to experiment around data, not experiment with data, right? You get the data around your experiments, but how are we running experiments internally around data? It's very, very difficult. Similarly to data as a product, Aulia recommends going small, then sustaining, then scaling when it comes to domain ownership. Basically start from one to two domains and go broader over time. Trying to reorganize your organization on day one. So, you know, instead of doing that, so one to two domains can own their data at the start. That's just a ton of effort. Don't do that. Don't reorganize just as you're getting a couple of data, a couple of domains to, to build their data products. Don't try to revolutionize your company to do data mesh. Evolve and build the understanding as you go broader. You need to prove out value first, too, before you go broad. And wrapping up, Aulia returned to the concept of funding the teams, not the work, and especially long-lived teams. When you fund the teams, they're able to focus on finding value. There isn't an expectation of the teams to be prescient, always knowing what will be valuable. And there isn't a need to simply react to tickets instead of finding what will be of value. The other aspect is that you can understand what should be decommissioned. Far too often, data work continues well past when it is valuable or when it, its you know, return exceeds its investment. But with a product mindset, teams can constantly be focused on user value and shut things down that no longer drive value. Extended summary for episode 269, a panel leading a data mesh implementation. This is our second iteration. This was led by Vanessa Erickson with Stefan Zima, Duncan Cooper, and Sid Shaw. Quick reminder that extended summaries for panels go through a lot of bullet points and are quite long. In this episode, guest host Vanessa Erickson, who's the first CDO in Sweden and the head of her own data advisory company, Vanessa Erickson AB, she facilitated a discussion with Duncan Cooper, who's the Chief Data Officer at Northern Trust Asset Servicing, Sid Shaw, who's the Head of Data Monetization and Platform at Airtel, as well as the guest of Episode 258, and Stefan Zima, who's the Data Transformation Lead 
at RBI Marafison Bank International AG, as well as the guest of episode 270. As per usual, all guests were only representing their own views on the podcast. The topic for the panel was about the leader's role in a data mesh implementation and what these panelists have learned serving in that role. This was the second iteration of a panel we will likely have, and we will likely have more of these probably every six months at the at the outset, right? The first one was episode 215 in April of 2023, but I think we want to continually hear from leaders. So I've got my key takeaways coming up, got my kind of top eight takeaways, and then I've got 12 more after that. Again, these, these can go on a little bit long, but I think these are important aspects of uh, learnings from this specific panel. So number one, regarding data mesh, get going, but don't rush. Essentially, get started now, but don't be in a hurry to try to get to some picture-perfect end state. You need to take your time to make sure you are transforming instead of making changes that will unravel. Be brave and move forward into some uncertainty. We've just got to do that to do data mesh. Number two, relatedly, you will absolutely get many things quote-unquote wrong, but wrong in a data mesh sense, in a data mesh world, can simply mean not right yet. We have ways to adapt, adjust, and evolve as we learn and grow. Data Mesh provides you the ability to iterate towards better constantly. Number three, you really should look to take inspiration and learnings from other Data Mesh implementations, but also understand that your journey will look considerably different especially your starting point and initial focus areas, as well as something I'll talk about later, which is, it's not, it's going to be far messier than <laughs> what other people are presenting externally. If you aren't prepared to adjust data mesh for your own situation, you aren't ready to do data mesh. Sid especially is focused on learning from other implementers and leveraging those implementers and their stories to create credibility internally. Go listen to his episode if you want to hear on exactly what he's doing with that. Number four, stop treating data problems as if they're only technical problems. At least start to treat them as business problems first, but really they're socio-technical problems, social business challenges married to technical challenges wrapped in trying to share understanding. It's people process technology and people most importantly. This just keeps coming up and up and up. Number five, relatedly, as Stefan said, Data mesh is much more about mindset shifts than it is about technology shifts. You need to show people new ways of working and guide them to value. If you don't, you very likely won't change how people work with data and won't deliver the promised value of data mesh. And then you will lose your sponsorship, right? If you're not showing that value, if you're not delivering the value, why would people continue to invest? Number six, while data mesh can be a powerful paradigm, one of the best things about it is giving us common framing and ways of speaking about what you are trying to do and accomplish when it comes to data mesh. Personal note here is this is partly why I created the data mesh community, this podcast, and, and my company, Data Mesh Understanding. It's to make it easier to share information with each other about how to do data mesh, both with other implementers and within your own organizations. Number seven, there will be pushback from many part parties to many aspects of data mesh of your data mesh implementation. Be prepared for that and help people understand the reasoning behind whatever changes you're making. 
What do these changes enable you to do? Such as you aren't pushing data ownership onto the domains simply because as a central data team, you're lazy. It's that they're the ones with the knowledge and skill to actually own their own data well. Number eight, there are many big challenges in data mesh, but the biggest is probably getting and then retaining buy-in across many different groups. If you don't have leadership buy-in, what happens when you hit challenges? If teams won't take on ownership, can you move forward, right? You really have to focus on this buy-in and, and understanding how to get it and then keep it. So I've got some the additional 12 other important takeaways, many of which will touch on similar points from, from different aspects of the, the previous and to each other. So the first is Duncan mentioned that in, in Agile, there is a tendency to focus on a specific problem. But the biggest value of data comes from reuse, not just that focus on one specific problem or use case. So be prepared to adapt methodologies like Agile to data where circumstances are different. You're not just going to focus on one single problem around one you know, piece of data or one set of data. Number two, if you aren't able to deliver incremental value and prove and communicate that incremental value, you are highly likely to lose your credibility and or sponsorship of your data mesh journey. Number three, as is often mentioned, your business colleagues probably, maybe almost certainly, don't care about data mesh specifically. They care about getting good value from data, but really they care about doing what they need to do and data can help them do that, right? Data mesh can help us accomplish this, but it's not the point for them. Talk to them about what you are trying to achieve and why, not about the inner workings of data mesh. What changes for them and why? Number four, everyone already has ways of working with data. Instead of trying to change the way they work entirely, look to intersect and gently nudge them in a better direction. The key to that is helping them understand what is changing and why and what could be better. Number five, if you treat Jamax writings or, or really any content around data mesh as gospel, you are headed for failure. Jamax has said this herself many times on Jamax's Corner and, and in much of her content out there. We are figuring out how to do data mesh and you need to adjust for your own organization to do data mesh well. Number six, be prepared for your organization to be even more messy and varied than you likely expect once you start to dig deeper into your ways of working in general and how these could be better improved by data, how these different lines of business are working with data, all of that. It's going to be far messier than even you probably expect. Your organization likely grew organically. You know, different parts of a large forest behave differently. Even if it's one forest, your organization is the same. Number seven, potentially controversial note from me. Someone made the point that to get buy-in, you can show people why what you're doing isn't sustainable for the organization and that you've got to change the way that you're doing data. For me, that generally isn't going to sway most people. They understand that it's important, but it's like saying everyone needs to do something like, y'all need to start making your own clothes to fight climate change. You won't really convince that many people trying to say, like, this isn't going to continue to working. Why is that my problem? You're the data people. Why is it my problem? That's not going to, to really hook in a lot of people 
in the line of business level. Leadership, sure, but line of business, probably not. Number eight, your organization's data culture needs to work like a moderately, at least, well-functioning society. You have rules and regulations that people need to abide by or face the consequences. You know, I, I've brought this up before, but think about the phrase from you know the show, The Good Place. What do we owe each other? Democratization, federation, it, it doesn't mean anarchy. Just because we are giving people the freedom to do certain things, it doesn't mean anarchy. And if you're just turning everybody loose, there will be anarchy. So think about how you function together as an organization. Number nine, your actual data mesh journey, maybe not the story you or others present at of your journey at conferences, but your actual journey will be extremely messy. Organizations, people, life, etc. They're all messy. Don't be worried about getting it perfect, but worry about driving towards value. Number 10, potentially controversial one, you need a certain level of maturity to be able to tackle data mesh. But you also, as Stefan mentioned, need an urgency. If there isn't a need to really change your approach to data, is data mesh worth the effort? Probably not. This is one that if people, especially your leadership team, isn't feeling this pressure, if they don't feel the need, you're trying to sell them on vitamins instead of painkillers. If data isn't a huge pain for you right now, if it's not the reason you're losing market share, or if it's not the reason that you're not capitalizing on, on new opportunities or you know reducing risk or et cetera, et cetera, are they really going to care enough to make this work? Number 11, much like with any transformation project, you need time to see results. That doesn't mean you can't deliver incremental value along the way, but this is not a quick change at the overall organizational level. But that's why you transform in pockets, right? You do, do it in these domains or lines of business or whatever you want to call them. And you work on the greater organization over time. You, you create that value as you're going along, but you're transforming things takes a long time. Finally, number 12, in agile transformation, we have agile coaches. Do, do we need similar in data? Do we need evangelists? It seems you need someone connecting the dots for people. This keeps coming up in a lot of episodes. Just because people can self-serve, you know, get the data, doesn't mean they will actually really consider the art of the possible with data. Like, what more could we be doing? You kind of have to have somebody out there inspiring and coaching them. It, it, it seems like this comes up more often than many expect. Hopefully it sounds like some awesome episodes for you coming up this week. As a reminder, feel free to get in touch if I might be useful in your data mesh journey, helping quite a few organizations and introducing people to each other, plus doing some roundtables. Check out datameshunderstanding.com for more information. I hope you have a great rest of your day and week. Now on to that fun, funky little outro music.